Hello and welcome to Beheaded. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 10 of Beheaded. I'm Megan Moore. I'm Elizabeth Black. And we are going to be talking about Italian dictatorship today. We're talking about Benito Almicare Andrea Mussolini today. You know oh, who that is. Oh, good lord. And it's starting. <laughs> I in got case all you the names today. In case you didn't catch that, it's Mussolini. Ooh. Elizabeth is <laughs> literally shimmying over here. Shimmying my chest. Okay, you're limited to the to the number of times you're using a really bad Italian accent. We did practice our sound check with some Italian names to get us warmed up, though. <laughs> <laughs> are we sharing this to the well, public what I mean, our I sound want check people, looks like you know our sound check is interesting every okay time. we'll do a, a repeat of it because was... we don't know what to say in sound check we just say nonsensical things or shout weird things to each other and today sometimes I... we just like make animal noises yeah, too. we yeah. just stare at each other and my neighbors who probably hear us think oh my god these people are crazy is every two weeks these girls they're meowing <laughs> <laughs> and then i said today to megan i was like uh let's do italian names today to get us in the mood and she goes would you say sauce no we started with like parmesan parmesan lasagna yeah. and then we just started saying a bunch of italian food names and, and then she goes sauce sauce maria what's it called marinara marinara sauce so we did oh, a boy. thorough quality soundtrack check i love italian dictatorship so this is gonna be fun this clearly. is gonna be great great I love dictators in general so this is gonna be a lot of fun um, but we are jumping ahead because we don't want to keep you hanging with who we're going to talk about today, but we always start with a little bit of banter. Mm-hmm. So, um, per use, per use, but a couple, you have at least one follow up from the last episode, right? I did. So, um, listening to the last episode, Socrates, uh, yeah, Socrates, Socrates, Socrates. Thank you for listening Socrates. to our, our um, philosophy. <laughs> Yes, I know. Lesson. That got a little, uh, not deep, because I, I don't want to say I got deep. Like, I was... Um, Philosophical. Yeah. Yes. I just want to say, I'm really proud of myself for not cutting out half of your, you. your lessons. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was, no, it was really educational, and, and I'm sure some Yay. people got a good... It um, was a light, a light dabble because obviously philosophy is very complex. There's many layers, so it's hard to just like summarize it and like, oh, this means this. We, you know, we did our best. You just have to thank me because I'm in charge of editing. I can take out anything you want to say. Elizabeth, is, whoa, was that a silent sneeze? <laughs> I just silently sneezed really well. Did you hear she it She sneezed all? and we had no idea. <sighs> yeah. Elizabeth is sick. I'm a little sick. We've we've both been a little under the weather. Everyone in the office is. I'm sure everyone out there is because coronavirus is everywhere. Well, we're in Arizona. Our office is in Tempe. It's in Tempe, which is like the third uh, whatever finding in the U.S. of coronavirus. So everyone's actually been terrified in Tempe. Everyone's paranoid. People walk around with masks. Um, I was traveling a bit, and so people were like, are you going to wear a mask on the plane? And so it's just been like a couple weeks of just awfulness. Like I was sick for probably a solid week, and then I had a lingering cold. Then I got violently ill for like 24 hours. Well, not only all of this, but you ran a marathon in the middle of that. And you have another marathon in two. Wait, let me, okay. Let me take a breath. I feel like we're like really on level 10 right now. And we've, (laughs) I've interrupted myself about three times. So we will get to Socrates. But first, I feel like this is cool to say. Um, For for those who probably don't know this, because we've never talked about it before. Elizabeth is a hardcore marathoner. 
Yeah. I'm I mean, not even but I'm not even exaggerating. I wouldn't say hardcore. Like I'm not a Boston qualified person. Like it's not like I'm a pro athlete by but any means. But you do means. a ton of but them. But I do marathons casually. Like, casually. Every two weeks. <laughs> for fun. <laughs> no, she, I, I do a few a year. Not you know. But this is my marathon season and getting sick during marathon season is the closest thing to death you could probably ever do. <laughs> well, you have such a cool goal because your yeah. goal is to do a marathon in every single state in the country. Yeah, 50 before I'm 50. And you're at what, goal. 11? Yeah, right this now? was 11. So I went to New Orleans, uh, me and my boyfriend went to New Orleans last weekend and did number 11. And I have number 12, Little Rock, coming up in two weeks. And um, then us. Oh, yeah. And then Megan and I are both Guess going who's to Nashville. forcing me to do a half marathon. I'm making her do a half marathon. She's like, there's no way. I can't even run three miles. I said, oh, I could do this. I'm dreading it. I made her a training schedule. What started today? No, tomorrow. I'm sorry. It starts in two days. Do not oh. get on my ass about this. <laughs> I'm going to text her every morning. I have my own coach, and I'm really dreading it's gonna it. It's going to be great. She already made an Excel sheet of my running schedule but a a half marathon is 13.1 miles I've ran the max of four so far that's all you need you literally you start with three and you build from there and it's like it's fine you're gonna be totally fine I'm really only going because I want to go to Nashville and drink so (laughs) no that's the best part about like traveling for marathons because you are so guilt-free like usually on vacation you're like oh I feel so like slumpy and I'm eating a lot I'm drinking a lot and whatever but when you go you just are like I'm gonna run a marathon so I gotta eat eat barbecue and then afterwards you're like well I ran a marathon so I gotta eat everything so it's just ultimate excuse like get it on jail free card of like I need to eat 6,000 calories today you just have to I just I guess I have to eat four lunches (laughs) of barbecue yeah you know I can't I can't wait for that part yeah, it's, it's the best. So anyway, I don't wanna, you're sick. I don't you're in the middle of marathon. That, but we you're both in marathon sick. season. It's marathon season. We might have coronavirus. We might have no, coronavirus. we don't. We don't. We don't. I, we don't know that. <laughs> so we're working. We're working as best we can, and we we wanted to tee that up by saying we don't have anything today that's like Mussolini themed. We don't have Italian food. We don't have like Italian wine. I made tomato soup for myself before. <laughs> that counts. It's kind of Italian. Yeah. Marinara. Marinara. Tomato soup. But we do have ginger ale and rum because we feel like we still needed a drink and we also wanted to be healthy. <laughs> the way you just even saying that out loud makes it sound disgusting. <laughs> no. Ginger I, ale and rum. No, what's in Megan's pantry? That's more or less. I think what ginger we did. ale goes with anything, very honestly. The ginger ale is to settle, it's good on your throat, yeah. settles the stomach. And the rum is to make you podcast well. So well, last time I my my biggest critic is my husband Jake. Yes. And last time I said, "Well, what did you think of Socrates?" He goes, "You sounded drunk through all of it." And I was like, "I actually wasn't drunk at all." Well, I was. So I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> we, like, no, I had Megan like half was not. A glass of wine. I can vouch for her. Yeah, we don't get sloppy drunk on this podcast. Just in case you're wondering, this is just our personality. This is who we are. Uh, we, you know, we have a drink every podcast. Sometimes into the second drink. Sometimes we, we have to record multiple times. No, I just kidding. We've never <laughs> re-recorded anything. Sometimes when Megan's so drunk, she deletes the whole podcast. We gotta go again. Uh, no, but uh, anyway, so here we are today talking about Mussolini. Um, I don't think there was any other follow Oh, wait, no. Hello. Socrates follow Socrates. That's Sorry. And then I went on a tangent off of a tangent off of a tangent, okay. but we're gonna we to had Socrates. a follow-up. So in our last episode about Socrates, um, we were talking about his final last words. And it was, Credo, we owe a cock to Asclepius, don't forget to pay it. Or something along those lines, because again, it's ancient Greek and that's a loose um, 
translation. But so we were saying, we were like, oh, who's this guy? Is he a neighbor? That's a funny thing to say before you die. So we were looking into kind of the theories surrounding what this would mean. And again, we don't want to throw a bunch of philosophy at you like we did last episode. But there are essentially two or three main theories. One is that this was... Um, in fact, like his last attempt to be someone of integrity, to be like, you know what, mm. I want to prove before I die, this is like, I am someone who will always Ugh. pay my debts. I feel like that's boring. It I feel is like boring. That's like the boring. No, I, I, that's why I did it first. It. That's why I said it first, because it's like, okay, sure. Maybe in your last moments, you just think, I want no debts unpaid. I want everyone to know that I was fair that's and righteous. That's the last thing I would be thinking about. But he's also pompous. So maybe. That's basically like modern day, like, oh, my, my last credit card statement. Make sure you pay that. Like, <laughs> no, I've got other things to think about right maybe now. Maybe it was more like, oh, and my check to the charity, don't forget to cash it. Like that kind of thing fake i don't know anyway that was that's just one theory it's pretty straightforward um another theory and we talked about this in last episode too that asclepius was the god of like healing and of medicine so he's saying we owe something to him so almost like he has given me a quick and easy death thus i owe him something so i owe this god something for this easy exit he's giving me um so that could looked at as two ways like one i just owe him something two they were saying maybe this means that they were going to sacrifice a cock for the god. So saying, oh, like, you know, make sure to go kill a cock in honor of this god. Like, we owe him a cock. Don't forget to do okay, that. Okay, a little bit more reasonable, Yeah, I, I mean, but also... But didn't he also not believe in exactly, gods? Exactly, that's what okay. I was just going to say. That was one of his charges, was yes, in piety. Exactly. Mm. So... Nah, don't believe those it. Those are the, like, the biggest ones. <laughs> there's no, there's there's, no that's next. That's it? Well, oh. it, was like, it was like one, two, and two B. Um, you know what I mean? Because mm, it was either... Uh, I think it's code. I think it's like a conspiracy theory and it's code for something I couldn't find anything else. Deeper. So if you guys well, know... I'll start that. <laughs> conspiracy. <laughs> oh wait, there is one more that just came on Wikipedia published by Megan Moore. It's going viral. <laughs> but yeah, so if you have any uh, you know, other interpretations of this, please let us know. But this is what we found. So, cool. back to I, you wait, with Mussolini. I, I have, no, I have one more update I forgot. Oh. Arizona Renaissance Festival. Oh, yes. As we've we've told you, we are in Arizona. And we have one of the biggest Renaissance fairs here. It's so much fun. I love Renaissance fairs. I started going, I think, oh, the year was 2013. (laughs) I remember I rented a dress, which I... rookie. Rookie move. But I would still encourage you to, if if you don't want to commit to buying anything, I mean, the rentals are honestly kind of expensive, but how much is a rental usually? It was like $50. Okay. You might as well buy something off Amazon, but the quality is more like yes, renaissance I bought something on Amazon and it was probably $30 and it's not very renaissance but it passes. Um, it gets dirty, so. Yeah, no, it gets dirty, but I love renaissance fairs. I've only been to a few, but every year I try to hit the Arizona one. My first one I, I've always been to was the one in Irwindale, California, the, Irwindale. the Pleasure Fair. Pleasure Fair. Yeah, it always sounds creepy. Hmm. The Pleasure Fair. I love Pleasure Fairs. Um, that's the original Renaissance Fair in the U.S. Yes. Um, that's, is that the largest one? Do we know for mm-hmm. sure? We, we were talking to a vendor at the Ren Fair in AZ last year, and they said that I think that one was the largest. And it Arizona might be. might be second. Texas has a big one. Oh. I know that. I know Wisconsin actually has a big one. Mm. Um, I, I really I, want to go to more, honestly. I've been to the San Luis, Los Obispo, the Central ooh. Coast fair i think mm-hmm. they call it don't you subscribe to ren fair magazine <laughs> what you don't <laughs> oh not yet <laughs> getting there if you don't you should because they have some good content she's like if you don't i really need another co-host i love those i re- they 
normally Barnes and Noble will sell them, but you can also subscribe. I'm not promoting Barnes and Noble right now. Um, Beheaded 10 at checkout at Barnes and Noble. No, don't tell them that. They'll try it and then get complaints and it'll be a thing. Not yet. Um, yeah, no, I love reading the the Renfair magazine from like start to cover, from what do you call it, cover, cover to cover, cover, because there's really fun articles about just like random, like Tudor history and Renaissance history Ooh. and things on like warfare and armor, but then also like features on the jousters. Yeah, 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 yeah. But there's all like fun yeah. little articles in there, and they normally highlight a state's Renaissance fair in most issues. Pretty cool. And then in the back, there's a list of every like Renaissance fair. Ooh. And the dates, so you can kind of make your schedule. Anyways, <laughs> so you can plan your tour. Yeah, yes, uh, like I do. That's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, Elizabeth and I will be there. I think we're going to go on the on what March fourteenth. March fourteenth is our date, and we're thinking of going with a few other girlfriends. We'll have a little band of our yeah. executionado troop. I'm so good at forcing people to go to the Ren Fair. How do you think we became friends? That's that's literally how we became friends. I, I forced you to come. I know. Um, I'm I really a, good at the, at Ren Fairing. I had a good <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it is. I hadn't been since I was a kid because I grew up in Colorado. And our Ren Fair was probably like an hour, hour and a half away from where I grew up. And it was more like the woods, kind of, like the mountains. So I remember That's cool. it was really cool. But it was more like tents and kind of temporary stuff thrown up. The one in Arizona is really cool because it's all like structures that have been Yeah, there. it's a really cool location. Mm-hmm. I love watching the jousters. Uh, Sir Maximilian will always be my number one jouster. He's handsome. He is handsome. Also, Sir Edron. I'm always see. Gosh, my nerdness is coming out no, when I have my I have favorite jousters. We'll put a lot on our stories <laughs> on Ren Fair days. I will. We'll we'll do a little story. Of I will us, never hopefully. show my face. So good luck knowing that, who I am. That's the thing. You're not going to be able to find us. I don't know why I'm telling you come find us at the state. You're not going to know what <laughs> we'll we post, look like. We'll post like a picture of like us walking away from the back. You're like, oh wait, that's them. Like that's what they're wearing. Yeah. But I don't know if we'll show our faces because very private people. We are. Yeah. Uh, we don't. <laughs> Let's talk about Italian dictatorship now. <laughs> talking about privacy and yeah, whatever. World. Um, Mussolini. 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 So Benito Mussolini. Um, we'll get into all the details as we do, mostly focusing on his death and execution. Um, but we just wanted to start off by. Um, Saying a little bit, oh, sorry. Uh, okay, She's raising her hand, so I'm letting her go. Mussolini was an Italian politician. Well, yes, there we go. <laughs> Socrates is a philosopher. Uh, yeah, she nails her research. Really good. Well, no, I wanted to start off by saying our, the interpretations from our significant others. <laughs> oh, that was cute. So, um, so we asked both, you know, Megan's husband, my boyfriend, um, which by the way, my boyfriend's name is Robbie, just so we know. Okay. I know. I, I always I, say my boyfriend and it just takes too many words. So I'm going to start calling I him I kind of snuck in Jake's name one day and I like revealed his identity. But now it's already But revealed. now I just say Jake. Yeah. So people know it's Jake. Okay. So Jake and Robbie, the, so you know their names. Um, so we asked Jake when he was leaving this evening, we're like, hey, Jake, like, what do you know about Mussolini? And he goes, well, pretty sure he was a dirt bag. <laughs> like, okay, great. <laughs> Walks out the door. Yeah, he was a dirt bag. That's good. That's very astute. 
Um, and it's funny because before I left uh, to podcast, I asked um, Robbie, I was like, hey, I was like, you know Mussolini, right? And he goes, yeah, he's Italian. <laughs> and Robbie is Italian. Yeah, and that's Robbie's what's so funny. <laughs> very Italian. We've referenced this before, but he's from New York, like family from Brooklyn. Before that, from Sicily and Naples, very Italian. So he's like, yeah, he's Italian. I'm like, okay. Two very different. Like, he's a dirtbag. <laughs> yeah, he's Italian. He's Italian. <laughs> All right. He's like, oh, my boy Mussolini. <laughs> Um, Mussolini was born in 1883. 1883. And this actually makes him the most modern person we've talked about. <gasps> it does. On this podcast. More modern than the Romanovs. Yes, exactly. Um, because, I mean, obviously, you know, hello, he dies. But um, at the end of his life, it was 1945. So very much the most modern one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, kind of like, we don't have so much about his early, early childhood besides... It, well, you had well, a little bit I about have a little bit, yeah, a little bit about like Catholicism and sure, his so upbringing, sure. So his his mom was a teacher, actually a Catholic school teacher, and his dad was a blacksmith, and he was also a very strong socialist. Um, so he was really raised with like strong socialist beliefs, um, which is funny because fascism, as we learn, is more of an anti-socialist type of movement. But in his young days, there wasn't such a thing as fascism, really. He founded kind of Italian fascism. Um, So back in the day, uh, he was more socialist in his leanings. And he was a very good student at school in terms of grades, but not in terms of behavior. Mm. He was an asshole. (laughs) Shocking. Normally they are. It's weird that asshole kids become dictators. Um, But uh, uh, (laughs) shuffling papers around. Um, So he was... Uh, very much a bully in school. He got into fights. He was known to like stab people with pens and pencils and things. Oh, he was that's very nice. yeah. He was that's just cute. He was, he was just an asshole, little, little Mussolini, <laughs> little just stabbing Mussolini. kids on the playground. Yeah. So he he moved into a career in teaching after he graduated because he was so smart. Um, he was actually an elementary school master in 1901. So could you talk about the worst teacher you could ever thank get? You. Like yeah. Oh, I got Mussolini for my <laughs> fifth grade class. Yeah. Oh, who's teaching your Italian history, honey? Mussolini. He's the worst. He's awful. He's basically a dictator in the <laughs> yeah. classroom. So all the early warning signs were there. Um, but again, he was very smart. He was uh, he, very, again, philosophical and had a lot, a lot of strong socialist beliefs. So people did listen to him. Like, he was someone to reckon with. But, you know, not the most well-liked. Um, so... 1901 becomes a teacher, essentially, or at least a headmaster, schoolmaster, whatever you want to call it, of a small school in Italy. Then in 1903, he uh, actually left Italy to go to Switzerland because he didn't want to go to the military. Um, So there he was really active in the Italian socialist movement. Um, He started spreading propaganda and just really promoting these ideas. Um, so it wasn't until 1905 where he came back to uh, Italy and was essentially forced at that point to go into the, the military. So he was only he only served the military for two years at that point, but still mm-hmm. very much much a socialist even throughout his time um, with the military. He was kind of writing essays on socialism. He even published a novel on socialism. Yeah, he was part of the Italian Socialist Party or the PSI. Yes, at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1917, while he was in the army, he was actually wounded. And then he really started denouncing socialism, though, right? Yeah. And he was, his whole thing was, I mean, again, this is, um, actually, I'm sorry, this is like between 1912, 1917. Yeah, so this is, yeah. So this is World War One at this point. Exactly. And his whole philosophy was, 
Italy needed to get more involved in the warfare of World War One, and which was very like anti-socialist to because they're very neutral and like not pro-war. Right. So that's when he really started out speaking and starting to realize maybe I'm not a socialist. Yeah. And he actually got kicked out of the socialist party, uh, out of the PSI. Right. They gave him the boot. Yeah. So he really took a stand for kind of more like authoritarian tactics and being powerful and entering into war and to conquering other lands. He started to shift his philosophy from, again, the socialistic beliefs to more of a like totalitarian like mm-hmm. mindset um and it's funny too because he um uh himself like pe- one thing that you've noticed about Mussolini like as he grows up is he doesn't really side with many things that don't seem to be in his benefit so it's like kind of just creates just, his own yeah beliefs. exactly so he kind of creates everything just out of his own selfish purposes which I guess as humans we all kind of do he's definitely a leader though and not a follower oh yeah like know? he wants to be known for for his beliefs but he always kind of is wishy-washy back and forth between Mm. what he believes because it's all about just what's popular then, what's going to get him the most, like, you know, followers and listeners and whatever. He's kind of like an influencer. Like, (laughs) how many followers can I get? Without saying that, I... Oh, God. (laughs) No, he he truly is, though. He's, like, he's just for his own selfish purposes. Like, okay, well, I'm a socialist and these are my social beliefs. Actually, I'm more militant and these are my beliefs. Actually, I'm just an asshole and I just want to be... (laughs) I just want to rule everything. I just want to be a dictator, really. So, 1922... He becomes the youngest Italian prime minister up to that time. So I think there's been younger prime ministers since. But at that time in 1922, he was, what, like 39, I think. Uh, Yeah, I haven't done the math. Um, But um, I just did the math off the top of my head. Oh, look at you. (laughs) Not written down. (laughs) Not written down. Uh, And he he did this by the March on Rome. So there was another prime minister in Rome, and he and his followers actually stormed Rome. They stormed the prime minister, and they literally just, like, took power. So they began to uh, set up a new government, basically being like, all right, end of of your era, we are starting something new here. Um, so come 1922-23, they start just like slowly passing laws and slowly doing things, again, to please lots of parties, to please the nationalists, the liberals, um, and make people trust him. But it's slowly just becoming this like takeaway of power from all the other kind of Sure. He was leaning towards a, a totalitarian... Oh. <laughs> totalitarian. Totalitarianism. Mm-hmm. Totalitarian. Oh. Yeah. Sure. I can't say that word. Totalitarian state. A totalitarian state. Sase. Sase. And this is also in his, can we call it a reign? It's kind of like a reign of power. Oh, and just quick side note too. He was like a huge um, admirer of Imperial Russia. Mm. Huge admirer of... Of Nikki? Of Nikki. Yeah. Well, not so much the downfall, but you know. I wouldn't say he loved him as a leader, but he loved the idea of Imperial Russia. And he also loved, no duh, Julius Caesar. So he... Oh, yeah. He wanted to be the next Caesar. Same. So... (laughs) (laughs) Who isn't? My influencer in life. (laughs) So he, um, you know, really wanted to become the next Caesar, the next, uh, not Nikki Romanoff, but successful Romanoff. Mm -hmm. He wanted to have this, um, like, God-given right to rule. He wanted to expand his lands. He wanted to be a conqueror and very much a dictator. So he did all these things, put these things in place, made people think he was a certain way or believed in certain things just to get the favor of everyone. So by the mid-20s, he's like, all right, 
pretty much a dictatorship now. And he created the, like, fascism, basically. Yeah, yeah. And he created the, like... Italian fascism. Yeah, Italian fascism. Mm -hmm. Fascism. And going just a little bit deeper, because we're going to keep mentioning that, how he's a fascist Mm -hmm. and the fascist of Italy. And what that really idealized was... um, The biggest part was probably nationality, which sounds great in theory, but not in the way that they were doing it. Because... It's kind of like communism, but not because fascism is, they're a nationalist country where they believe that Italy needs to rise above. Italy needs to broaden their borders, like pro-Italy. Everything is like bleeding your nationality, Mm -hmm. um, which is very race-driven versus communism, which is very economic-driven. So in communism, they want, they're focused more on everybody having equal... Economic levels, yeah, versus to like level the playing field economically versus like a racial, and I wouldn't even situation. say racial. I would say more national because um, he did obviously, and we'll talk about this in a little bit. Um, at a certain point, he starts to align with Hitler, um, and Hitler obviously is very about like his Aryan race being superior to others. He wasn't so much about like oh the Italian race is better. He was more saying that Italian citizens are better than everyone. So even if you were like an Italian the Jew, nationality of being yeah. just an Italian in general. Yeah. So like, didn't matter where you were from Italy. If you were a Jewish person in Italy, if you were Catholic, non-Catholic, like it didn't matter about anything else, like racial, religious, but whatever. You had to be Italian. If you were Italian, you were you were better than everybody. Um, fascism is also Robbie believes that as well. <laughs> I'm sure he does. <laughs> I'm sure he does. Um, they are very ma- these words militaristic. Militant. Militant. Militant is a good word to use. Militaristic, is that a word? I think so, yeah. But militant is a better word. Oh, I thought I made it up for half a second. (laughs) But they were very military-driven, I can say it that way. Um, And they also, there was another part of fascism, and I'm losing my train of thought. No, so it's it's part nationalism and it's part authoritarian. I don't think there's really, there's a lot of... Okay, I felt like there were more layers to it. Well, there are more layers, but a lot of it's kind of disputed like there's debates as to what makes fascist fascism but the two fundamentals are you are nationalist and you are authoritative authoritative and there's only one political party oh thank you yeah that's the other point <gasps> oh i went <laughs> i did my homework yes but yeah that, that's yeah so they're stripping away all of their political political parties setting up your society very much for dictatorship because you're like oh, right one political party one ruler dictatorship dictatorship Mussolini Mussolini. (laughs) he was an Italian politician (laughs) Um, all right and in in the late 20s too he also starts like a movement towards Italy's youth so he starts like taking control of some of the schools and he already obviously has connections with the school because he was a schoolmaster at one point so he starts to like implement doctrine into the young Italians. Maybe that's why Italians are so prideful of being Italian. This is just like, Robbie should have been our guest speaker, I feel like. Oh, we just need like, his Like, you accent. know we had Elena for the Romanovs? Yeah. He could have been like, yeah, 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 so uh, Mussolini, right? Like, I'm pretty sure he's Italian, but uh, yeah, he's a good Italian. No, I, I actually <laughs> talked to him about this because I told him, I was like, maybe, you know, if you want to just stop by and lend your voice for a few things, you got a pretty good, you know, New York Italian accent. And he goes... Yeah, but, like, I'd rather be in your mob executions when you got those. <laughs> those aren't, like, formal executions, though. Those, that's actually just murder like, at that point. Oh, I was like, yeah, sure, maybe maybe season two we have mob executions. I don't know. We'll look into it. Oh, we'll man. table that idea. All right, all right, now. table it. I know we have a lot of ideas we've thrown out that 
We, we'll get to them. Oh, speaking of tabled ideas, not to throw us, you know, too That's what far we do. Astray, we, but, we, we go uh, on tangents. We've promised you guys some things that we're very aware of, and, like, they're coming. <laughs> we've Ooh, talked about our, our doctor segment, and we're pressuring him again. Um, we are going to have doctors on here. We're going to... I want more guest speakers, too. Yeah, we've I'm really about interested guest in that. Uh, we have been in touch with some, so, again, we will see what makes sense, because uh, it really is just about, like, again... Art content matched with timing of people. Well, yeah, all the hard stuff. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. Um, okay, so power, dictatorship, fascism. The year is 1940. Mussolini, prime minister, he enters Italy into World War II. Yep. And he aligns Italy with Nazi Germany. So yep. he's part of Italy. The Axis powers. Yeah, this is going back to like hardcore <laughs> high school history. But the Axis powers, Germany, Italy, Japan. Um, so, yeah, so that's right. So he becomes very aligned with Hitler. Um, he's an, an admirer of Hitler. And, again, not so much of the um, philosophy or the anti-Semitism or any of that. Like, as we mentioned before, it's not really that he has these, like, crazy beliefs that he wants to instill. He just wants power. And he will do that through whatever means. So a lot of what he thinks and says is very contradictory of, thing, of things he's thought and said in the past. So he's always studied Hitler and admired him mostly for his use of propaganda, for the way he spoke to crowds. If you look oh at oh my god, videos of watching Mussolini, Mussolini speeches, his hand is a helicopter about to fly off. It's his funny arm. if you watch like videos of Hitler and videos of Mussolini because Hitler's obviously like he's always projecting his hand high up and he's Spitting doing he's, he's doing kind of the Heil, like Heil Hitler type of thing with his hand, very big with his emotions. And then and then if you watch Mussolini, he's like like using his hand like it's a little windmill and he's just like it's literally spinning (laughs) off like it's italian gestures on crack on crack (laughs) so he he's very into the theatrics of speaking and using the right metaphors and using all these things to kind of seduce people um so again he he really is admiring hitler for those things and they don't even align that much on their beliefs other than they both just want power and they want power that's what it all comes down to Mm -hmm. and the part that sucks is italy actually wasn't doing that great during World War II. Yeah, it's very and they ironic. Were fail. It's ironic because he was so militant and so pro, you know, authority and military and all that. Yet his actual military was super outdated. They didn't invest in them very much, so they're failing at war. Like they can't secure their borders. They try to invade other places, like the Romans did, and just can't. They just they can't. Suck. Well, so the, the Allied invasion of Sicily happens in 1943 yeah also called operation husky um the allies of world war ii this was basically the united nations so this was everybody who was standing up against the axis powers. the axis powers mm-hmm. um they arrest mussolini in 1943 yeah. not for long german paratroopers come in and swipe him out well, he was held at like a ski lodge sounds kind of nice yeah they like, <laughs> they held him i, I don't I think it was I don't know if it was, I don't know where they held him, but it was at a ski lodge. And uh, yeah, sure enough, like I think they helicoptered in like paratroopers that swept down. I can just visualize this. <laughs> it's like a Bond movie on Her Majesty's Secret Seriously. Service. Seriously. So he, he's already arrested once. They almost have him. They, he slips through their, their grips. Yeah. And so he's rescued from prison by the German special forces. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point, Hitler makes him the lead, the leader of a German puppet state in Italy. Yes. Like, uh, basically, they've, they created a land and 
part of northern Italy that is under German rule. Basically, they're calling it part of Germany, but it's not Germany, and he's the leader of it, and Hitler assigned him. The exactly. whole thing gets kind of weird. So he's just carrying out Hitler's orders, essentially. So he's not making any more decisions by himself. He's literally just a puppet to Hitler. And he even says um, uh, to, I forget who it was, but he, he's an interview in 1945, um, and he says, seven years ago, I was an interesting person. Now I am little more than a corpse. <laughs> Sounds like my diary. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like my 13, I was gonna say 13 year old Megan is speaking right now. <laughs> what is the 13 meaning of life? years ago. <laughs> so he, he's even said that he would prefer to go to a concentration camp over his puppet status. Oh, good lord. Because he's probably a, visited all the concentration cry me camps. Cry a river, Mussolini. <laughs> uh, poor me poor right, me. right now. Yeah, so he's being a little I'm tween girl. Tween girl because he can't rule his clique and can't, you know, be the most popular girl in school anymore. Hitler's cooler than I am. <laughs> exactly. Um, and he even said, and this is actually kind of a beautiful thing he wrote, which speaks to how smart he was, but again, how kind of dramatic he was as well. Um, but he, he said, again in this interview, he said, I am finished. My star has fallen. I have no fight left in me. I work and I try, yet know it is all but a farce. I await the end of this tragedy. And, strangely detached from everything, I do not feel any more an actor. I feel I am the last of spectators. <laughs> so very... Again, where's my tiny violin right now? <laughs> As millions of people are dying in concentration camps, exactly. this is... He's his, a little sad he's not as powerful little as he wanted to moment. be. Um, we're going to fast forward a little bit and get to the juicy parts. The juicy parts. So we're leading up now, right before his his execution. The date is April 27th, 1945. Yes. The Allies, again, these are everyone against the Axis powers, but this actually also included, like, the non-fascists of Italy. They were the partisans. Mm -hmm. Um, They were Italians, but they didn't agree with Mussolini. And the, um, the Allies put out a public notice. Any of the fascist leaders will be caught, and will be sentenced to death. Right. And at this point, the Allied troops are kind of advancing into northern Italy as well. So it's like... Yes, thank you. The fall is kind of imminent, you know? Sorry. The Allies didn't just one day, like, put out a tweet, like, hey, by the way, we're going to get you. Like, obviously, that's what the war is. Like, everyone wants to get each other. But the Allies are coming in strong. Yeah. And they have now taken over Rome. They've taken over uh, Milan. No, he was in Milan. He yeah, Milan comes into play in a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, they are moving up north, up to where Mussolini's at. Yeah. Um, and Mussolini then decides he needs to get out of bo- town, out of there, <laughs> get out of Dodge, get out. So, so he is with his mistress. Of course, you would take your mistress, his sweetheart, as some of the newsreels called her, <laughs> his sweetheart Clara Patacci. Clarita Patacci. That's how you say it, right? Patachi? Patachi. Cloretta Patachi. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about Cloretta. Ooh. I like, oh, something about me, intri- like, I was so intrigued by Can her. Can I just say it, though? She's ugly. No. Yeah, she is. Look at this picture. She looks like my grandmother. Oh. <laughs> She's beautiful. It's a very 1940s Okay, picture. she looks much older than she is. She's only 33 at this point. Mussolini's 61, so he's very much an old man. She's young, hot, toddy. And, well, not hot, because, again, I think this picture's fairly ugly. She's like a poor man's Lucy. Not even Lucy. Lucy's gorgeous. This girl, hmm. Lucy who? Lucy Ball. Oh, okay. That's what I thought, but I wasn't sure. No, she doesn't look like Lucy Ball. Meh. 
Just bad. I wanted to say Lucy O'Ball. I don't know why Lucy Lucy Ball. <laughs> Anyways, I'll put a picture of her on Instagram so everybody has a visual. And you can say hot or not. Yeah. I think hot. Nah. You're judgmental. Oh, okay, hot if she's like... 50 in this picture. She looks so much older than she is. It's she's just the hairstyle. Yeah, well, she's Italian. She's not my... Hey. <laughs> I'm just teasing. She's, uh, she's not my style. I'll just say that. Um, she's... Yeah, she's 33. He's 61. And I... It's kind of cute. Like, he steals away with his mistress to run off in the oh, night. So cute. I don't what about know. about his wife? It's right after Valentine's Day. I'm kind of a romantic oh right God. now. Um, he also, quick note, had many mistresses. Like, he'd been married several oh, times. Mistress Pinterest. <laughs> Close. Um, no, so he, like, had a wife, had a mistress, then married that mistress. Then, while he was married to the mistress, had another mistress, had, like, several flings. He was all over the place. But it was funny because, really quick, rewind back to, like, how he gained kind of favor with different political parties. He tried to gain um, favor by the, tur- the church by saying, like, I'm anti-abortion, I'm anti um, birth control. I'm anti-adultery. He was like the biggest adulterer ever. So it's just kind of funny that he's like, again, now on to mistress number 25. <laughs> 33. 33. <laughs> um, fun fact, they rode off in a 1939 Alfa Romero sports car. Which is which, a cool That is a cool car. car. And he, he gifted that to Claretta. So... Yeah, they run gift, off in the, the night. Gift he gave her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're in Milan. They're running off to the Swiss border. Um, and they're actually with a bunch of other fascist leaders as well. And they get so close. And they are in, it's called, um, it's up near Lake Como, but it's in Dongo, if I'm saying that correctly. So we're talking very, very north Italy. So as they're trying to get, in, they're in their getaway car, basically. And they get stopped by the partisans. And it's funny because, so Mussolini, at this point, they're all kind of like in a truck together, from what it sounds like. And Mussolini is trying to disguise himself. He's wearing a Nazi helmet and a big coat. Coat, Yeah, yeah, he's sitting in the back of the truck. And at first, the partisans only notice another of the fascist leaders. It's like, whoa, 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 these are fascists. Even though they're trying to disguise themselves as Germans, these are the Italians we're looking for. (laughs) These are not the drones you're looking for. These are not the ones. Um, and it wasn't until a little bit later they realized, whoa, 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 I think we've got Mussolini in here as well. And he was pretty recognizable, which is funny because he promoted so much propaganda of himself and his freaking picture was Rookie everywhere. Move. Rookie move. That's, Always, that's you, like us. That's we keep discreet. never publish your identity. Never show them who you are. Exactly. <laughs> so because he was an asshole narcissist who had his photo everywhere people were like wait a minute your jawline like oh, your- i've seen this guy before i've seen him before hey, jerry it's always jerry i'm always referencing jerry where, where have yeah. seen this he guy had, before like a shaved head like they could tell it was him so jokes on you Mussolini. um selfie the- king <laughs> urbano lazaro urbano lazaro urbano lazaro he was one of the italian partisans in the group that caught Mussolini. and here's his description he said his face was like wax and his stare glassy, but somehow blind. I read utter exhaustion, but not fear. Mussolini seemed completely lacking in will, spiritually dead. It's like he gave up. He's like, ah, yeah. and that's what he the jig is up, boys. Yeah, he references that before. It's like it's cute that he had one last little attempt with his sweetheart to flee, but he's they essentially tried. essentially dead inside. Dead inside, spiritually I'm dead. Inside. dead. 
Um, so this is where things get super, super, I want to say controversial, more or less like just foggy. Yeah. There's different accounts of what's happened. So much so, and part of the root cause is there's multiple people giving their accounts. And you know, it's like, again, we've talked about this, like the telephone game of, yeah. of things just getting muddled and what actually happened. So even so much so as like who actually executed them yeah. who gave the execution order which we'll get to but was was there like an actual sentence or something that yeah was said? what did Mussolini say some things start lining up and some things they see a pattern mm-hmm. but they're like mm, this guy wrote this one thing down but not this guy so uh, moving forward a lot of this if you're if if you're very educated on this subject but you're like well that doesn't sound right it's literally because there's so much um controversy and mm-hmm. what's actually true and what we're going to stick with is what's called Odysseo's version, Walter Odysseo. He, um, there were several people who they they thought was the one who executed them, but right. they call his version the official version. And it seems like he has the most facts. He's got his shit together the, <laughs> the most. King so, James. Yeah, version. so we're going to go with Odysseo's version here. Um, but overall, they arrested over 50 fascist leaders and their families on this night on April 27th, 1945. Mm-hmm. They, held, they hold them all in some barracks. Um, and this is kind of sweet. Claretta, his, his mistress, sweetheart girlfriend, <laughs> she's kind of missing and she's worried about Mussolini. So she asked to be reunited with him about 2.30 a.m. They're all just kind of figuring out what to do with these people right now. Um, there's a lot of fighting going on in Dongo where they're being held and they're really afraid that Mussolini's gonna have another like slippery escape here. <laughs> paratroopers yeah. are gonna storm in. More more German paratroopers are gonna come. So he actually they actually end up moving Claretta and Mussolini to a peasant's farm. It was called the De Maria's farmhouse. Right. And De Maria. yeah, De Maria. Um, just some farmhouse that they found. So they kind of hold them there overnight and into the next day. Mm-hmm. So at this point, was there a trial? That's what's so funny is what, everything we read, there's no trial. This I is, didn't read one thing about a trial. This is just like the Romanov execution where it's like the dead of the night, they move them a few places and then, you know, call it, call it the end of an era. Um, but we were watching this press coverage, like a newsreel from 1945, where it co- it's like the American version of what happened. And they basically show this snippet that looks like there's a trial. And it was like, just like his American comrades, or, or, or sorry, his like fascist comrades alongside him, he had a quick trial and then was executed. Like it was I'm like, obsessed with this newsreel. I want to figure out a way to post it, it because post it's like your stereotypical World War II American newsreel with the like super trippy guy and another news, Mussolini has been executed. Yeah. And there's like cheering in the background and like horns and trumpets. But yeah. it's just so but, outrageous. And if you like the actual words say like, like, his comrades so it was like showing high like highlights like footage from a different uh trial that mm-hmm. had gone down for like some making it look like he that yeah. was his trial yeah but they quickly cut to like oh he was executed so it was like it's a very like did you actually say that he had a trial so, but they definitely showed a trial yes mm-hmm. and they said um a firing squad yes but let's get into what we assume actually happened mm-hmm. so the morning of april 28th 1945 Walter Odysseo, again, we're kind of going off of his version. Right. He left for Dongo early in the morning along with 
Aldo Lombretti, where they met up with Bellini del Stelle. I'm just now I'm using my Good hand job. like really big too. I'm doing the whole like Mussolini gestures. Over the more here. you move your hand, the more it, it, it helps comes with the out. Pronunciations. Yeah, I agree. Um, they drive to the farmhouse. They're being held out. They pick up both Mussolini and his girlfriend Claretta. They drive them to this fancy Italian villa that's not too far away. Yep. Literally, they say, "Get out! Get out! Stand by the wall." So they're at the wall outside oh, of this house. Yeah. 4.10 p.m., shot by a machine gun. Right. And Trigger Man is unknown. We, they think it's it was Walter, Walter Odysseus yeah. who did it. But here again, things get muddled. Mm-hmm. Odysseus said it was him. He borrowed a gun from a guy named Moretti because his got jammed up. Right. Other people were like, no, Odysseo, it was his gun. People said, no, it wasn't him. There was a few different people they thought may have been the actual shooter, the executioner. Right. Um, there's also different versions of what how Mussolini behaved. So, for example, Aldo Lampredi, who we know was there, he made him sound kind of like courageous. And he, he said his final words were, aim for my heart. While um, Odysseo said he didn't have any last words. Kind of makes him look like a pussy. <laughs> Just a little Except bit of fear. another person said, he said, no, no, no. And then they shot him. Right. Again, kind of makes him look like a pussy. <laughs> um, and then some say that there was a death sentence that was read. Some say there was not. They just said, get out, stand there. And then they shot him in the back. Some said they shot them in the front. Like, it's just, I just right. want to know what happened. Yeah. Um, so too many accounts, you know, at least like, like in the Romanovs, there was different accounts too, but it was generally like understood who killed him, what the order was that everyone was killed. This was very like, just messy. We don't know for sure. But what we do know is that the bodies were treated in a really weird oh, way. God, okay. This is where, I, you know, you come here for the gore. Yeah, you come here for the We're gore. We're getting to the gore so here's now. the gore. So I know shootings may seem like a very easy, clean and thing done. Oh afterwards it was messy all right you want to so, go with this sure one? yeah so um so the executed fascists along with the girlfriend were just essentially loaded into a van there was about 16 bodies yeah too, so they ended up killing some of the other uh, people that they arrested yeah so in the middle of the night they go to milan and they go to this like um piazza loretto which is just like a big central square it's like downtown it, y'all go downtown, for the fun downtown so this is like 3 a.m. and they just dump the corpses on the ground. Basically like trash. People lose their minds. Yeah. And this is, I mean, it's so symbolic too because again, it's like this is a public square well, for anti-fascist forces. Um, so this is just, again, just like garbage in the middle of the night. Like, here you go. Well, so the townspeople start beating them. Throwing mm-hmm. stuff at them, yeah, like throwing just food being at them, horrible to these deceased them. bodies. Yeah, spitting on them. They eventually, after their bodies are, they're already dead. Their corpses are being beaten up. They then hang them upside down because we're like, we can't see, we can't see. Hang them up, hang them up. They hang them like meat on display, on yeah. display in a like it's like a gas station basically. Yeah. And I'm not sure if this is before or after they were hung up, but one woman literally emptied her entire pistol, like point blank, like at Mussolini, 
In his face. Yeah. Like a point blank up to his face. And she shot said, him in the face. And she said, each shot for one of my assassinated sons. So like a shot per son that was Five sons. Yeah. She shot him five times point blank. Well, I mean, mind you, he's already dead. But still, just the gro- like the, the grotesque of like yeah. demolishing these bodies. Yeah. Um, there are some pretty disturbing photos online that you are more than welcome to go and look at. <laughs> I can't post those on Instagram. I don't know if I want to post them, but yeah. the bodies are hanging upside down on like cattle hooks basically yeah. by their ankles and people are just going ham and on And again, them. this isn't like medieval times. This, isn't, this is 1945. This is, oh, this is yeah. our grandparents. Yeah, My grandparents were really alive. This yeah. era. You know, this isn't Scotland. And Italy. We all love going to Italy. It's crazy. <laughs> Everyone's on the Amalfi um, Coast in the summer and this yeah, is uh, not that long There ago. were a few American uh, witnesses. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm saying the Americans have the best story and they were, I'm not saying they were the most sympathetic, but they were absolutely shocked by how savage people became right and they actually um basically got their bodies at one point but mm-hmm. um the bodies were thrown in at first they were thrown into an unmarked grave um in 1946 about a year later they were the bodies were dug up by some of their fascist supporters. Yeah, this is kind of funny. They did it. They on stole them. Easter basically. Sunday. They stole so the bodies. It was like this big resurrection scene of like on Easter Sunday, nineteen forty six. There's like these again bring not, up the bodies. These old fascists that came up. Um, they took up his body. They washed it in like a nearby fountain to make sure it looked presentable. I mean, as and presentable they, as he can be, he got shot. Yeah, he got exactly. shot in the face at least five and times. And they took it away, and then it was unknown. For a long time, like where it was, like I think for a few months they had no idea. Four months, yeah. Authorities finally found the bodies that were stolen, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then the Italian authorities hid the bodies for eleven years. And it wasn't until 1957 they released the bodies to the family so that they could be buried in the Mussolini crypt to his widow, yeah, and and actually be properly buried. We did read too that they um, at one point separated his brain from his body so that they could study it. The Americans did, yeah, yeah. when they first recovered his body. Well, they thought he had syphilis. Which is why he went so nuts. Uh, of course. It's always the sex diseases. It's always the it's sex always diseases. It's always those STDs Napoleon, get you. you know, these guys get these weird uh, dictator complexes. <laughs> There's so much conspiracy theories about who was all involved with this. Some say it may have been the British Special Forces. Some say, you know, like Winston Churchill was behind it. There's... A lot, there's a lot of stuff online. You can go into the deep dark web of conspiracy (laughs) theories on Mussolini. But these are the facts, quote unquote facts that we know pulled from the virgins. Funny to me too is like once they finally got the last of his body and everything, they um, did a Catholic burial back in his hometown in Italy. And what's funny about that is like, yes, his mom was a Sunday school teacher, but in typical Mussolini fashion, he was so ironic and very contradictory, but he was kind of a self-proclaimed atheist. Like he thought people that believed in Christ and, you know, people that followed the Catholic religion were fools. Mm. And and yet he gets a Catholic. Burial. Yeah. And he like always kind of paralleled himself to Jesus Christ. Like he's like, oh, that guy was just crazy. And like, you know, he wasn't a real prophet. I'm a real prophet though. Wow. But he, yeah, he had some crazy things going on in his, in his brain. But, um, again, this just kind of shows that he, again, he was pro-Catholic in the limelight, so he could get the Catholic support, but he was anti-Catholic and pretty much an atheist, like, behind Mm. closed doors. Um, And same thing with, like, his socialist to fascism uh, kind of 
change and his anti-Semitism when it came to his relationship with Hitler, but then he actually cared for the Jews that were in Italy. So it's just, it's all over the place. Very interesting Because he's just about power. It's like whatever he can say at the time to get power, he'll be whoever you want him to be. (laughs) And and to this day, you know, there are still neo-fascist supporters in Italy, and they, on his, the death of, the anniversary of his death. They'll go to his grave. mm -hmm, And they'll celebrate his life and... I don't want people to come after us, so let's not talk more. I'm scared. (laughs) Please, bring it on. The Italian government. I don't show my face. They know too much. (laughs) Um, That was a fun one to learn about. I'm going to be honest. When I know you recommended you wanted to to do Mussolini. Actually, it was you, by the way. No, it wasn't. It was. Was it really? Yeah, I never brought up Mussolini. You're right. It was me. Yeah. But at first... She keeps blaming me for anything that's non-Tudor. She's like... I didn't want to do it. Elizabeth wanted Egyptian. Elizabeth wanted Socrates. We just have very different interests. You're right. I have like a really big list of like... Yeah, but you definitely Actually, I use those playing cards um, from Executed Today. And I sometimes will like randomly pull one and be like, okay, this looks interesting. I didn't even know Mussolini was an execution story until you brought it up. So it was I didn't know Socrates was an execution story until you brought it up. So Look at us learning (gasps) we learn off each other (laughs) we hope you guys have learned something too and you know obviously with our format we only have so like long in our show to talk about everything so much more so we just hope that again you guys take something from it that if you want to continue learning on your own you do but again contribute back to us if you do have things to say image search like (laughs) you're gonna find some gross stuff on there my point is that tell us if you are deeply passionate about something and you have corrections or things because we want to continue to learn and we'll highlight it if you do tell us like well actually i'm a Mussolini expert and this is what happened i want to know we would love to know because educate us we're all about learning here um, we came up with a new segment. We did, yeah. So obviously, like our segments are not set in stone, nor are they meant to be just like recycled every time. It's just like whatever makes sense for the episode. Um, but we were talking about this one, and we were like, this would be a funny time to talk about what you would do if you had to escape <laughs> like a situation like some of these like an people. arrest like this, like an arrest, or yeah, if you're in prison or whatever. Um, so this is called uh, the new segment. New segment alert. Um, this is called Exit Strategy, and we're specifically talking about when Mussolini was held at, like, the ski lodge before the paratroopers, like, stormed in and abducted him. Um, so we were talking about, like, funny ways that we would try and get out of the situation. Me, because I am a huge fan of Bond films, love Bond films, particularly, like, the old ones, uh, you know. Um, so I feel like, again, Honor Majesty's Secret Service is, like, one that always sticks out in my brain, but I would do, like... A Harry Potter style exit where like say I'm held at this cabin on the slopes I would be like okay there's 20 Mussolini lookalikes oh man <laughs> and they all go different directions on skis down the mountain in like you know and you have to follow oh, oh they're them. skiing down the mountain yes <laughs> Like they, they don't all just, and they, they all, all look ski, like you. They all have like they all fake look beards. Like you. They all have like distinct jaws. I and, like that idea. You know, that is a Harry Potter same. thing. Because yeah. for those who are not Harry Potter followers, who are not Potterheads, um, in the very last book, they are trying to get like Harry to escape. So he has like seven lookalikes, and they all kind of divert into different directions. Right. And, and then all the Death Eaters follow. And then them. the Death Eaters don't sure know which one's the, the real Harry. That's Potter. exactly what I would that do. That is a okay. Your idea is better than mine. Out of nineteen Mussolini. I'm I would a, get out. I'm embarrassed. Okay, so we never like really discussed this before oh, we no. talked. So, our, I, okay, this is 
I think I need to start talking to Megan before she tells me because my ideas suck. <laughs> no, they don't. They don't suck. I just am always surprised to hear your take. Okay, so go ahead. I would play dead. <laughs> Brilliant. The Hufflepuff way. Oh I would God. go limp, and I would just stare at them, and then just like pretend like I pass out, just like fall over, Stop and then it. just refuse to move. That's not an exit strategy. It is because they're eventually gonna give up. And then I'm going to just run away really fast. What? They're just going to leave you and be like, well, I guess she's dead already. They might shoot me in the head. They might just be like, and eh, whatever, They'd we go. probably point blank you a couple times to make sure you were gone. So I don't know if that's the best way. I'm not saying it's a good strategy. I'm just saying yeah, well, it's what I would strategy do. Strategy isn't a Hufflepuff strong suit. Just got to say that. Um, I just remembered something. <laughs> unfazed also not caring about insults that are thrown your way as a hufflepuff as a hufflepuff i am kind and uh, patient by nature so those comments don't phase me i mean hey if you're with a bear in the wilderness playing dead's a great idea play dead always play dead but not maybe in this strategy I really want to figure out how to get that newsreel onto, like, how to post it. Because, wait, we forgot to mention at the very end of the newsreel, oh. they actually show, like, the site of where he was executed. And there's, like, blood all over the it's walls. Gruesome. Gruesome. Scene. I mean, of course, it's black and white, but still. And, you know, the chipper narrator, he's what like, he, say? he goes, it was a fitting and glorious end. And, and then the trumpets go, and it's like. Sorry, I was just thinking of that again. I really was fascinated by that American newsreel. It's just wild that it like wasn't that long ago where it's still within... Well, like you said, our grandparents are. Yeah. Like this is maybe 15 years before my mom was born. Like this is very Isn't that crazy. Recent. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's crazy to think what they're like, we're going to look back on where old ladies we're going to look at like the 1990s and be like, oh my God. You know what I think of? What? I think of like styles right now that are gonna soon enough be outdated like yeah like, i hate style now can like, i just say that really quick really dude what is but even, happening but even like home right styles like subway tile and like things um, in the house that are eventually gonna be yeah outdated it's I, just i yeah evolution of homes is different like i don't know i think well, as you're looking around my <laughs> 1970s townhouse with this face of like yeah things do kind of but become, i think they're cute i literally have a window of like the like no it's 80s what do you call it's it? like the 1980s like uh clear square blocks it's like glass block i think yeah. you call it. there's a window where it's the privacy glass but it's in big thick it's what you would squares. put in your bathroom if you were super trendy in 1985 yeah, well, that's yeah. all in my dining room. Beautiful. It's cute. <laughs> I'm sure just wait till that comes back. That's what I'm it's waiting gonna for. It's going to be big in like It's going to come full years. circle and people will be like, wow, yeah. you're on it. And like, yeah, I didn't touch it. <laughs> no, no, I think it's going to come back. But I can't wait for fashion to evolve a little bit because whatever's happening now with fashion, the like like overalls i have the, overalls okay not you uh-huh you hated my <laughs> no, overalls when I'm, i got I'm them thinking of one specific person at work but like everything looks like mom 80s fashion and that's cool again that's kind of my look that's not your look at all you're very tasteful oh, i'm just saying i just want that to pass i <laughs> and just, it's turning into no, another ending I, of a rant I, of social no there's no rant hey i don't rant i tell the truth I do want to be a dictator and just say what you can and can't wear. That's what I want. And now Elizabeth is a dictator. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. Between me and Robbie. Elizabeth, but before before we, we, we keep going down the rabbit hole, any last words? And I have, think very I have carefully many, on this. Okay, many, and we're done. But not today. <laughs>